welcome to episode 52 of the Giants of the Faith podcast. This is the podcast where we look at men and women from the age of the church whose lives have had an impact for the kingdom of God with the ultimate goal of finding inspiration and strengthening our own faith. We're continuing our series of episodes on hymn writers, and since it's almost Christmas at the time that I'm publishing this episode, we're going to take a look at the life of the writer of that most popular Christmas song, Silent Night. Silent Night was written by Joseph Moore, an obscure Austrian priest who nearly went unrecognized, but whose work has been enjoyed by generations of Christians and non-Christians alike. But before I get too far into the episode, I have a Silent Night-related recommendation for you. There's an excellent documentary called The First Silent Night that's hosted by Simon Callow that explores the background of this hymn. It's sometimes free on Amazon Prime Video, but even if it isn't, it's well worth the $2 it costs to purchase. I'll link to it in the show notes, so check that out if you're interested. Or just search for The First Silent Night wherever you buy your digital videos. Okay, on to the show. Josephus Franciscus Moore was born on December 11, 1792, in Salzburg, Austria. His father, Franz, was a soldier, and his mother, Anna Scheibrin, was a seamstress. Joseph was born on the wrong side of the blanket, and his parents never married. In fact, Franz deserted his post while Anna was pregnant, and then subsequently also deserted the family. A man named Joseph Volmut, who was the local executioner, and was actually the last official executioner of Salzburg, was trying to improve his reputation and his public image by serving as the godfather to illegitimate children born in Salzburg. And thus, he was recorded as Moore's godfather, and it was from him that Moore received his name. Joseph was raised by his mother and his grandmother in a cold, bleak home. His family was poor, as you could imagine, and Joseph's prospects were likewise poor. But, as a boy... He showed a natural intelligence and an affinity for music. Now, this was noticed by the local priest, Johann Heinel, who served as priest and music director at the Salzburg Cathedral. Heinel took Moore under his wing, and he arranged for him to attend school and learn music. Moore sang and played the violin and organ for local choirs as a boy. And then, in 1808, he was sent to study philosophy at the Krumsmunster Monastery. He studied at Krumsmunster for two years before returning to Salzburg to enter seminary in 1811. Since his birth was illegitimate, special approval had to be given to allow him to study for the priesthood, but it was granted, and in August of 1815, Moore graduated from seminary and was ordained as a priest. His first posting as a priest was a temporary one in the town of Ramsau. He was sent there to assist the local priest on his way to his first official office in Mariupfar. Mariupfar was the ancestral home of Joseph's father, and it was here that Joseph met his grandfather for the first time, spending the 1815 Christmas season together, before the grandfather died a few months later. Christmas in Mariupfar was different than what Joseph was accustomed to. The Christmas Eve Mass included carols sung in German, and it included using folk instruments in addition to the standard Latin litany. And it was this Christmas Eve service, spent with his grandfather, that inspired Moore to pen his own Christmas song. In 1816, he put pen to paper and wrote the six verses, not the three that we typically sing in English, 
of Stille Nacht, Heilig Nacht. But it would be two years before those verses were put to music and the Christmas carol that we know came to life. In 1817, Moore was sent back to Salzburg due to ill health. He spent weeks in hospital there before he recovered, and then in August of that same year, he was assigned, first temporarily, then officially, to Oberndorf as the assistant priest. Moore was known to, or at least accused of, being someone that neglected his priestly duties, frequented drinking locales, joked with persons of the opposite sex, and sang songs which did not edify during his time in Oberndorf. He was clearly a man of the people. Oberndorf at the time was a place of struggle. The salt trade that made Salzburg and the surrounding areas prosper was in decline. Europe was just coming out of the age of the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, Many men had died. Uh, Borders changed. Countries changed. And then this was exacerbated by the 1815 eruption of Mount Tambora in the Dutch East Indies that brought on what they called the year without a summer to most of Europe from 1816 to 1818. Now this gave rise to colder temperatures, food shortages, and waves of disease throughout Europe. It was a pretty miserable time in Oberndorf. But it was in Oberndorf that Moore met Franz Gruber, who was to help Moore put Stille Nacht to music and perform it for the first time. Gruber, the son of a weaver, was a schoolmaster and organist in the neighboring town of Arnsdorf, and the two men became fast, lifelong friends. In 1818, Moore asked his friend Gruber to help him put the little poem he'd written to music for the Christmas Eve Mass. Gruber composed the melody in only a few hours, and the two performed the song for the first time ever on Christmas Eve, 1818. Gruber played the melody on the guitar, which was a very unusual instrument to hear in church at the time, and both men sang the words. And from this humble beginning in a humble church in a humble town, the song began to spread. In 1819, master organ builder Karl Maricher came to Oberndorf to fix the church organ, or to replace it, not sure. Incidentally, many speculate that the organ was broken at Christmas time, and that was the reason for the unusual decision to perform Silent Night on the guitar. Anyway, when he left, he took a copy of the song with him, and from him it made its way to two families of musicians, the Rainers and the Strassers that helped spread the song across the world. The Rainers publicly performed the song in their home church of Fugen in 1819, and by 1822 had sung it for such lofty gentlemen as Tsar Alexander I of Russia and Emperor Franz I of Austria. They also brought the song to the United States, performing it outside of Trinity Church in New York City in 1839 on Wall Street. Now the Strassers were glove makers who traveled to fairs across the region to sell their gloves, and they often sang to attract potential customers. And one of their standards became Stile Nacht. These two families did more than anyone else at the beginning to grow the popularity of Moore's song. But as the song's popularity grew, so too did the anonymity of its composers. Moore continued serving as a priest, moving from town to town, until weak lungs caused his death on December 4, 1848. A Gruber remained an organist and schoolteacher in Arnsberg until 1829, when he moved to Helene to become choir director. Silent Night became so popular that the mystery of its authorship could not be ignored. So in 1854, 
the Royal Prussian Court Orchestra in Berlin sent a request to the Benedictine Abbey in Salzburg to find out who had written the song. But nobody knew. News of the inquiry reached the Salzburg Cathedral, where a young choir boy named Felix Gruber heard about it. Felix was, of course, the son of Franz, and he knew the origins of the song. So he told his father about the inquiry, and that prompted Franz to write his Authentic Reason for the Composition of the Christmas Song, Silent Night, Holy Night. And the world finally knew who had written this most popular Christmas carol. In 1859, an American priest named John Freeman Young translated and published Silent Night as a three-verse work in English in his pamphlet, Carols for Christmas Tide. And this is the version that you probably know and sing today. The story of Silent Night took a grisly turn in 1912. While there were plenty of portraits of Franz Gruber floating around, there were none made of the obscure Joseph Moore during his lifetime. The people of Oberndorf commissioned a memorial or a monument to celebrate the centennial of the song, and they wanted to include images of Gruber and Moore on the monument. But they didn't have any likenesses of Moore to go by, so what they decided to do was exhume Moore's head, send it off to a man named Joseph Mulbacher, who was a sculptor and a pastor. And then from that skull, Mulbacher could recreate what he thought Moore might have looked like. Now, unfortunately for Mulbacher, he suffered a stroke while he was working on the sculpture. And while he did finish the sculpture in time for the centennial, he lost the skull while he was recuperating. So he was not able to return Moore's head to its rightful burial place. The skull eventually resurfaced in an Austrian post office and then was held by an Austrian constable for maybe 10 years in his home before it was finally returned and it is now embedded in the Silent Night Memorial Chapel, which was constructed on the spot where the song was first performed. I think it's kind of cool that this uh, little set of verses with this very simple melody written by two nobodies from the back end of nowhere, kind of organically growing to become basically the most popular Christmas carol that the world knows. And it's basically become something that generations and generations of Christians have used in their Christian worship. It definitely goes to show that God will take anybody and do something great with them. And that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And Merry Christmas to you and your family from me and mine.